Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Squinners fans everywhere with a giant appetite for 2020 flag glory. It's going to be a little while, but probably only 11 and a half months until we're back there again, shelling out some of us seats at the grand final, hopefully with a much better result. Uh, we are doing a trade week special of Never Surrender by the Squinters. We're going to throw in a bit of a dabble of some reporting about what happened at the Kevin Sheedy medal night. Apparently there were laughters, laughs, there were tears. My name's Needles. Welcome to Never Surrender by the Squinters. I would like to introduce you to the three Squinters who are here tonight, back after a fortnight of lots of wound licking. Growler, welcome. Good evening, Needles. How are you feeling, mate? You're all right. You went to the game. You came back. You were a bit grumpy afterwards, but you know, big, big, big week, a big couple of weeks. Um, end of season trip to the US. Um, unfortunately, right. it's a work trip, but uh, oh. got out of the country, refreshed the fresher legs, put it behind, clear you. the minds, and yeah, ready to go for a, a good off season. Sparrow, you went down. You had a big week, which ended up in a big grand final loss as well, as which we discussed um, during our. Grand final review. Uh, you're here. Yep. Welcome. Yeah. How you feeling? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm back, mate. I'm, I'm fresh, ready for a big off season. Bubs as well. I mean, your microphone is on mute, Bubs. So if you can hear me, that's great. And if we don't hear you, there'll be a big gap here. But how are you going, mate? <laughs> Bubs, you're on mute. Your microphone's muted. I'm back. He's back. Hey. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, I, Squinters fans, it's Bubs. I'm back. After a yeah, tumultuous few weeks of, of getting over the grand final loss. Because you were there as well. We've got, three, uh, we've got three people with open wounds that have just been recently sutured. I was there too. Um, I, wasn't, I was about sitting about maybe two bays down from where Growler was. He was, he was above me. I was, um, I, I was surrounded by... Quite, quite a few, you know. I was, in, I was in the job, one of the giants bays, and had a good chat with some some Canberrans in front of me, and a and another young guy next to me from I think he was from Rudy Hill or something like that. But he was um he was there, and everyone was pretty excited for that first quarter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if there was any game ever you wanted to be behind glass, it was the grand final. Yeah, I think we peaked early with that Jed Jed the goal, and we're up and about. A lot of stats. Then, I mean, uh, we've talked about it previously, but you know, lowest uh, score ever. Lowest score in a grand final since 1960 when the Pies went two something for two two fourteen. Anyway, so, so, so the only po the only positive the only positive for me was earlier in the year in about Ma March, I put a hundred bucks on the Giants to make the grand final at around oh. uh, it was around nine and a half nine and well, a half. The Squinters, um, you know, gamble responsibly That's if right. you have to gamble at all, especially oh. on horses because they all got killed. But but it was um it was kind of underwrote the flights and 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 everything else. So it, was, <laughs> it justified it entirely. Yes. So I'll, I'll probably yeah. do it again next year, and it's probably maybe I'll wait to like a shitty Canberra snow game or something, and then go all in again. Before we get into trade week and our opinions, unfounded or based on important uh, analysis as that might be, I just wanted to uh, note a f probably around the first of July, I put an email out to all the squinners asking for their predictions about what was going to happen for the year. And I was really, really grateful to the four other squinters who came back to me with their predictions, some of which were funny, some of which weren't, but nonetheless, uh, you know, they took it seriously. Disappointed in, well, at least three in particular, um, Sparrow, Growl and Bubs, who didn't 
engage in the predictions. It would have taken I, you, I, I reckon, no five minutes to do them, but nonetheless, that's fine. Every, everyone's <laughs> I, got I remember the request and I apologise. Yeah, I even followed up the request. <laughs> but the people... It's been a really the, busy three months. Now uh, Michael came back, Coco came back, Cheese and Chinque. And so I'd just like to... You guys can now comment and throw shade on the uh, predictions that were given without having any skin in the game, which is really, congratulations, this is going to be a perfect little time. But just to give you, I, I can't remember where we were on the 1st of July. I don't think we were in the top four. I think we'd won a couple of games, but it was before we went through the 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 bad, the bad times of late July, early August. Uh, anyway. So we'll say I, I put the predictions. They came back about the first of July, and the first the, what I asked for was I asked for the Squinners' predictions of Premier, uh, who was going to be the dark horse for the for the grand final or the Premiership, where was the Giants going to finish, and also if you wanted to give a ladder position as well, who was going to win the Coleman Medal, how many goals would it take to win the Coleman Medal, who was going to win the Brownlow, how many votes would it take to win the Brownlow, uh, our opinion of Finals MVP. Giants club champion and a strange thing that they predicted would happen during the rest of the season, and so we'll go we'll go from the top with premier predictions, and so Chinque Giants, uh, Cheese said Giants, Coco said the Squinters. I'm not sure if we necessarily had a chance at the final, but that was good. Mal Michael, Squinty boys, of course. It'll be a hot old time from 05.30 down the Clapham Grand on the last Saturday in September this year. I think Mal Michael did quite a lot of writing. I think he'd, it was either very early in the evening or very late at night in London when he was giving us these <laughs> suggestions. So everyone was wrong uh, except Needles. Oh, that's me who said Richmond, which is excellent. So I'll just put one next to Needles. Have, have these results been audited, Needles? No. No, they haven't been audited, so, you know, okay. I make the rules, I win the game. That's generally how it'll work. Uh, the Dark Horse, this was all fairly uh, Brisbane. I predicted Brisbane. Chinque predicted Brisbane. Chi said the Lions. Coco said Lions to make the grand final. And Mal Michael said Dark Horse, apart from Growler, and for the flag he's assuming, Richmond. Can the Tigers be a Dark Horse if they won the flag two years ago? No. I wouldn't have thought so. In the end, were the the Giants of the Dark Horse, really? Well, but yeah, they, I mean, they came from six. I think everyone, at that stage, everyone was getting around, like Brisbane were beginning to look like they were getting some momentum. Mm. But in the end, they finished second. And you can't finish second and be a, a Dark Horse. And you can't win the grand final and be a Dark Horse either. So I think you were probably right. Do I win that one? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a great game. <laughs> Where would the Giants finish? Chinque said Premiers. He was very bullish. <laughs> she said they'd finish second on the ladder and win the flag. Coco said they'd win the grand final and come second in the regular season. Mal Michael, once again, a few beers. First with a big silver cup comes five o'clock last Saturday in September. Uh, I said they'd make grand finalists and finish fourth. So I'll give myself one there as well. Uh, Coleman medal. Chinque, Jeremy Cameron, Cheese, Jeremy Cameron, Coco, Jeremy Cameron, Mal Michael, Jeremy Cameron, Needles, Tom Hawkins, which after Jeremy Cameron... Do we, do we even go for the Giants? <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be some bias in like, these results. I, I was taking it seriously, and everyone else is just being a little bit parochial. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> fuck off. Uh, anyway, everyone else won but me, but that's fine. And then how many, how many Coleman 
uh, goals would it take to win? Do you guys remember what was the final, what was the winning tally? Here's a little quiz question for you. 67 or something? 67, I think. Uh, Bub 67, Growler? Uh, I'll go 64. 64, Badge? Just regular season, yeah? Uh, Regular season. Yeah. Take as long as you like. Who are you asking? You. I'm going going 69. (laughs) The the winner was 67. Uh, Uh. So well done. And Chinque said 68. Cheese said 65. Coco 70. Mal Michael 71. And I said 57. Tom Hawkins 57. So Chinque was closest, but Bubs was absolutely accurate. Who would win the Brownlow? Chinque said Brody Grundy. Coco, Lockie Neal. Mal Michael, Travis Boak. What the fuck? I said Lockie Neal, and Cheese gave us an answer of 28, which was <laughs> really good, but 28 wasn't near it in the end, and nor was anyone else because... Although, although, how many votes won it? Did 28 win it? No, that was the next question. Do you guys remember oh, okay, what, yeah. what was the winning Brownlow? Because obviously it was Nat Fife, and Nat Fife got how many votes? Yeah, 31, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. 31, I can't remember. Did it, was it over 30? So this is a guess where you guys lose nothing oh. and then you've just got, oh, I can't answer. <laughs> 29. How many votes? Bubs, 31. Yeah. Spadge? 31. Okay. So you're going to agree. What was it? It was 33. Uh, All right. Yeah, and Chikwe said 23, which was unders. Chi said 28. So I think I, I think I saw what he's done there. Coco 30, Mal Michael 29, and I said 29 as well. So Coco was closest there. Finals MVP. Now, I was trying to find whether or not this was awarded as it the was. finals MVP, but I couldn't find it. I couldn't. What is the award and where is it? It wasn't on all the internets that I was looking at. It was Dusty. It was. For sure, it was Dusty, even though yeah. he only played two games. I, I guess it's an AFL award. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, no. Anyway, so, I mean, Dusty, if not by popular acclamation. Yeah, Taranto was leading going into the grand final. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And he had a good game in the grand final as well, but didn't kick all the goals. So, Chinque, Harry Himmelberg, uh, Cheese, Lockie Whitfield, Coco, Lockie Whitfield, Mal Michael, Lockie Whitfield. It's difficult to win with a busted appendix, it would seem. Um, And now I feel guilty because Bubs is going to throw some shade on me, but I, I said Gary Ablett Jr. And I'm sorry, and I take it back. Um, wow. G- <laughs> GWS, GWS club, club champion. Obviously, we'll find out exactly how the vote went down, but it was Tim Taranto in the end. Uh, Cinque Canilio, Cheese Cogs, Coco Cogs. But if he goes, they'll doctor the votes and give it to Bevo. Bevo? Who does Coco call? Is Bevo... Tim Taranto? Can anyone I don't remember? Know. I don't know who Bevo is. It's, it's Coco's random nickname that hasn't yet caught on like Stormy. <laughs> I think it's Timmy T. I think it's Timmy T, but we'll confirm that next week. Anyway, uh, Mal Michael said Stephen yeah. Canelio and Needles, who'd been writing Tim Taranto since the very start of the year, said Tim Taranto. That's a point for Needles. Well done, Needles. Final question. What was the strange thing that would happen uh, during the season? I said the winner of the Brownlow is ineligible, which 
Nat Fife didn't get nearly suspended for once, so that was good for him. Uh, Mal Michael, not sure if it counts as a strange thing, but I think there'll be a drawn tied finals game, which is then resolved by Golden Point after two periods of extra time have been played. So that was a, was a strong shout, but yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Coco, it's a waking nightmare, very bittersweet. Stormy is going to get dropped for the grand finals and all 22 <laughs> blokes in the coach are going to give him their premiership medals. <laughs> <laughs> No chance. <laughs> which, which did not happen. Uh, Cheese said Carlton will win two in a row. And <laughs> so obviously that was before the sacking. And Chinque said Stevenson's season-long multi pays out. <laughs> <laughs> so Cheese won that because Carlton won two in a row. Do we know so that, Stevenson's multi did pay out? That's not as far as I'm aware. And if he has, he's kept it to himself. <laughs> This time, yeah. Uh, so I took it seriously. That means why I won. But there we go. That was our predictions. We're going to have a lot more fun with that because everyone's going to play next time around and we'll have a proper auditing arrangement. Anyway, trade week. Lots of talk about trade week. It feels to me a little bit sort of half-assed because there's only 18 teams and so there's only, like, it's not like the American NFL where everyone's trading all the time and it's super hectic or even the baseball we can just trade on through the season. It's a week and a half and then eventually you get kind of nine or 12 or maybe 14 trades of which three are really, really interesting and the rest are kind of squad squad freshness members. But is it overhyped, Needles? Entirely, in my opinion, but there's yeah. nothing else to report. No, not at all. It's exciting. Gives the fans something. I think it lasts. I think it lasts too long. Yeah, it'd be nice to create. Well, that's interesting week. because there's go, go there's chat about it. It's probably going to go longer, if anything. Yeah, that's true. Right, a week and a half. So from the Monday through to the Wednesday evening. But if they'll do anything, they'll they'll stretch it out to two weeks. But I mean, I don't I don't listen to AFL Trade Radio, but apparently everyone else does. But it's just basically talking about the same three or four possible trades that'll happen right at the end, or sometimes they do or they don't. I tell you what, it it was very refreshing not having a having any giants that you that, that we kind of didn't know were leaving already. I mean, pretty much yeah. all of them had been well flat. I mean, I remember last year, Dodora was being such a such a prick regarding the the two top first rounders for Shield. And it was always, he was always worth two first rounders, but he, he dragged it on so long. And it just, he he's obviously the biggest prick in the, in, in the, in, out, of, out of all the list managers. Can and we, obviously there's, um, we won't name names apart from the fact that you're mentioned talking about Adrian Dodoro. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and the squinners, we all get behind Bubs. So if we get sued, it's one in, all in. Uh, but, I mean, well, I suppose Tomlinson was out. If the trades opened up at 9, 9 a.m. on the Monday, Tomlinson was gone at five past. So that was pretty much locked in. Patton took a little I, bit I, longer I've for a fourth a... round at Bubs. Give us, give us, talk about the Giants trades, what you think, because there wasn't no, a lot I, going I, on. I have a funny, so, so the week I got back from the grand final in Melbourne. Do you have an evil I, whisper from the East? Even no, in the window? No, well, I, I, um, I opened up the Inner West Courier, which is like our, our local rag that we get on a weekly basis that's thrown on the front lawn. Yeah, and, it's the, yeah, the, the Sydney version of the Chronicle for Canberra listeners. Yeah, and I was, and I was flicking through and, and I went to the um, the real estate page, and 
and there was a house there that, and it's basically saying Adam Tomlinson, you know, going going to the demons, selling his house in Balmain, <laughs> and it was this is all before it was announced, and so the, the scoop came from the Inner West Courier. It was just, it was in, it was absolutely insane. So it was Tomlinson's house. Oh, that's right. You showed us the thing. It was Tomlinson's house. It was up in the. It was in the paper. Yeah. So 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 Inner West Courier got the got the scoop that that Tomo was going to Melbourne. That was the first I'd actually heard of it. I don't know. Obviously, it was. You know, there were a couple of mentions that he was him leaving. Before he'd been confirmed. Hey. Yes. Good grief. Yes. Well, I, I guess for him it was a bit easier because he was a free agent. So it was probably if he would have been in discussions, it was already on the plans. And and I don't want to I don't want to give it away, but but um, Growler and Sparrow, you can confirm that he that him and Patton had done their farewell speeches, hadn't they? At the oh, no, I, I think what Bub's talking about was before the she even battle. before that. Yeah, yeah. This was like the Monday after the grand final. Like it was. God, it, was, hot, it was hot off the press. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. There you go. Well, well done, in a so, West yeah. Korea. And the other ones, I think Jacob's coming in for a bit of a sort of a Mickey Mouse pick with is a good move. Um, he's clearly close with Phil Davis and will probably fit in quite well. Um, he can and run a, and he can move. Yeah, and last year he didn't get dropped. He got injured and the young guy came in and kind of kept his spot and he never yeah. made it back. Yeah. So he, he, he never did get dropped and I think... He has a phenomenal record over the last ten years of playing almost like every game every season. So it's a it'll be a nice hopefully it'll be a nice change to have a ruck there which 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 doesn't go down every every kind of three weeks. Yeah. The and big, a, like and a pure ruck can as well, right? Yeah. A, and a genuine ruckman that you can actually put forward and it's not a liability. Yeah. Um, um so lost I, Sparrow, I think, it seems everyone just keep talking. Yeah, so I, <laughs> So I think that's a. I think that was a good move. I think Bonner. I don't. I honestly don't think he showed enough. Since, no. Well, so but quickly, just before, who are the outs? There's uh, Patton, uh, Tomlinson, Bonner. Bo- Anyone else? Um, well, there's been a few delistings. Oh, who are the delistings? So, oh, really? so Dill Dill Buckley's been. Delisted. Oh, Dill Buckley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Righto. Yep. And and I suspect we'll have one to two more. Um, Going coming forward. up, well, it, it, it's a we, we may not because looking at our draft picks and and what we've got coming in, it's almost like we've set this whole draft in into getting Tom Green. Yeah. Um, you know the way that we've 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 basically structured it. We've uh, maybe we'll get into that a bit later, shall we? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get it. Well, yeah. that's fine. But okay, so there are three. So and so your read is, I mean, a a fortieth. Uh, number pick forty for Tomlinson. Ah, Sparrow, take two. Good day, mate. Sapporo. I like how you spelt your name. It's a, it's different. Yeah, yeah different. Um, Internet issues. Uh, so yeah, we've just about finished. We're just about to wrap it up. But um, uh, we're just the Giants out so far have been Bonner, uh, John Patton, and Adam Tomlinson, and good to see the back of all of them. Oh, Am I right? geez, that is harsh, but fair. <laughs> I mean, like, there wasn't a huge amount of love for Tomo in the thread for, as far as I can tell, the entire time we were running the podcast. But geez, he had some potential. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is what Melbourne have seen. He's gone from the team that made the grand final to the team that finished second bottom. Yeah. Now, I, having yeah. seen him John at the Patton, um, 
at the awards night, I, I, I really learned to love Tomo. He's a good clubman. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he comes across as a really, really good He struck player. me as genuine, and he kept saying he didn't want to leave, yeah. but they basically told him, look, mate, we can't afford to pay you, and there are other better players. Yeah, and I have Johnny. My, my thoughts on, on, on both Tomlinson and Patton is, and probably Bonner as well, to be honest, I, I actually think they're good moves for the club, but also good moves for the individual players. Definitely. So, like, Bonner, I, I think... I think he's got potential still, but he, he was just never going to get a look in yep. um, at, at the but Giants. I, I watched him play against Sydney Uni uh, Neefel at, at Henson Park, and he he wasn't like he, he wasn't lighting it up at any by any stretch of the imagination. Really, even at, at Neefel level, even at Neefel level. And I mean, I'm you know no expert. There were people that, but you know, on that day, uh, Bobby Hill kicked two goals, five, and mm-hmm. a couple of other players. I think Steenstein Staines. Was was really really strong and Bonner because I remember what he did last year when he took he'd taken a lot of quite a lot of marks and strong marks in the forward line, but he didn't look to me like he was having an impact and no one was talking about like he was the next cab off the rank. Yeah, and I mean, then when I he played he... those games, he he wasn't, you know, exceptional, huge. Yeah, yeah, like he, he was pick number eleven, which is pretty pretty bloody high, and he it didn't, is, and he actually. You know, unfortunately, the Giants don't have a great track record of picking guys for the X factor, as they call it. And and he was one of those. The other one was, I think, Paula Hearn a few years ago. Yep. And they kind of picked him up as a bit of a sort of a speculative, but 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 showed a bit in the, in the early juniors. But Aiden Bore in particular had been. He, I think he had two knee reconstructions. But every time I watched him, I I kind of thought that he was. He he looked like he was just puffing too hard, late in quarters. And 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 even even the first quarter or second quarter, it was it was almost like he 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 sort of needed a lot of work on his engine to to get the running yeah, I agree with that. capacity up, um, because he he just couldn't run out games, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one who kind of picked up that watching. And, yeah, I think I saw a and and, for, and for, yeah, and he was um, actually all the young blokes were hurting that day, but uh, particularly noticed him and the other backman. I can't remember his name. But yeah, they just didn't quite have the 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 um yeah the engine that you said you sort of need. But um, good luck to them. Yeah, where are we with Patton? Like, I mean, it was what was it was a late fourth rounder or something? He he basically went a number one draft pick, three reconstructions to the you know to the bad, but he went for three fifths less than one fifth of fuck all to Hawthorne. Bubs no, analysis. I, I, yeah, and I, I heard I heard something about that. So basically, he didn't train. Like we apparently, were, he said he could have played the entire second half of the year, but refused. Yeah. So so what I heard about that was we would have got a higher pick if we'd taken some of his salary for the final year. So it, it was one of those metrics. It was one of those kind of arrangements where the Giants could have got a better pick if we were to pay some of his his very high salary, which was a very back ended deal for twenty twenty. So for us to give him a ray for a for a bag of chips essentially meant that we didn't have to pay any of his salary, which is exactly what we needed, you know. So which is big, right? Yeah. Good move. Good yeah. move. Yeah, and Bonner was a big salary all. as well. He was on four hundred. So we throw it all at Whitfield. Um, Zachy Williams. Yeah. Zach Williams is not going anywhere. Give us a break. No, Randall, he's going to stay for sure. But God, he could he could command a decent price now after his past two seasons. Yeah, definitely. 
That's interesting, Bubs. Okay. Well, fair yeah. enough. D didn't we use pick 40 for um, the big cab sap as well? We did. So, no, yeah. Yeah. so oh, oh, we did. Yeah, yeah, sorry, we did. So, uh, yeah, clear cap space, use the pick to get a good ruckman. All right, good deal. How do you reckon he'll go, Jonathan Patton? He wasn't going to get into our forward line as well, to be fair, at the moment, although Finless, and as long as he comes back refreshed after his, his dark grand final. Uh, but he, he wasn't as mobile as any of the three. Was probably a, a better contested mark, I reckon, at a pinch, but he never really tore a game apart in, with his contested marking. It was more a, a combination of his decent marking ability or ability to bring it to ground, but he, he was quite mobile. But I don't think he's... He, he wasn't as mobile as Finless and Himmelberg or Cameron um, and wasn't also a good enough mark to be just the one-out clunker. Well, well certainly I, wasn't for the Giants. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he was probably, in his in his best years, he was probably our best competitive mark up forward. Mm. Not our best a, forward. A pack but, 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 he, but he... Yeah, he was. He... he um, okay. I think in some of his really big seasons, he was... He was, our, he was basically the big, the big pack mark. That we used to kind of rely on, and he, and he was a very straight kick at goal. So, look, if he stays, if he stays gorgeous fit, kick, um, and he probably and, and and he loses, and he maybe maybe loses a little bit of weight and becomes a little bit more mobile. I think I think you know I think he'll be he'll be a really good pickup for the Hawks. Yeah, I think he lost lost a lot of confidence in the last few years. I remember watching him live at games, and he, he just didn't know where he was. Um, in relation to his opponent, like he was trying to body them and didn't know where they were, um, running under balls and things like that. It's, I, I think um, new club, new, you know, I guess, fitness regime, getting getting fit again, maybe and, losing yeah, a few kegs. Yeah, the Hawks do have a reputation. Yeah, losing a few kegs out of the quads and um, and then hopefully he'll, he'll go all right. It's interesting for the Hawks though because they've got um, that young, is it, I'm going to get Mitch. it wrong. Is it Mitch Lewis or Lewis Mitchell? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's, there's another um, big, big forward there, but obviously a lot younger. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he gets, gets a game and um, Well, they lost uh, Ruffy this year, didn't they? He's retired. Is he retired? Yes. Yeah, he retired. Um, yeah, okay. Well, that fairly, I mean, we'll be interested to see where we go with... Uh, the draft week, but obviously everyone's they're all in on Tom Green who apparently will be able to play is a huge unit and will be ready he to go he spoke well. next year, although where he fits in because there are some there's a few cabs in the rank in front of him uh, midfield wise, but let's just have a, a, a quick conversation about some of the other trades that went that did or didn't go down uh, last week, I, I mean as a football fan and particularly as a New South Wales football fan, I would have Love to have seen Danaher go to Sydney. I think that would have been great for Sydney football. Him and Franklin would have been fun to watch. He's I like the way he plays football. I like the play. He's sort of he's prepared to take the piss out of himself, but he's also got the talent and takes it seriously. Um, that was a bit disappointing. But then I perked up quite a lot when Damien Barrett in his article on AFL.com said that the Swans weren't serious about Danaher and Danaher should still go to Sydney, but to the other Sydney club. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. Oh, I don't Barrett, know. Are you serious? No. Barrett's a flog, mate. They're on the blacklist. With, next to Dodoro, Barrett. Yeah. Bubs's blacklist. Yeah. Where, where, where does he get that uh, about Sydney not wanting 
not not being serious about it. I think Tom well, Hawley's oh, being all, yeah. Yeah, well, the analysis the said was they tuned him up and tapped him up and said, you should nominate us. But then they didn't go. And so he told Essendon that he was off and wanted to leave because Sydney wanted him. And then Sydney were never near enough to giving Essendon enough to make it worthwhile. I need needles. I mean, the way I see it, the Swans were on offering on the, on the table. <laughs> on the table, they, they had two first-rounders. They had their, their current yeah. pick nine, and they had next year's first, you know, first-rounder. So that is no more or less than what we got for Dylan Shield. And they reckon that they should, that they wanted to get a better, you know, they want to pick five and nine. Like, I thought it was super greedy by the Bombers. Yeah, he was also contracted, though, right? Like, it, it wasn't like he was... So was Dylan Shield. He has contracted uh, for another year. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and in the end, though, but it becomes that, yeah, okay, that's fair enough, I guess. Um, and the fact is he's a restricted free agent next year, which means he could possibly leave for nothing. Yep. Yeah, anyway, I would have liked to have seen it happen for football. I think Danaher and Sydney would have been great to go and watch. If you're a Sydney fan, I think people would have, he would have brought people to footy because he's quite charismatic um, and taken over sort of the, walked into the uh, Plugger Locket, Barry Hall, Lance Franklin. I think he would have fit that meld, mould really, really well. Alternatively, anyway, we'll see what happens you next could have year. had Buddy and uh, Danaher sitting on the bench for the majority of the season with injuries. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm an optimist, but thanks very much, Sparrow. That's a fair point. <laughs> yeah, well, that would have been Sydney's problem. So yeah, I've got no, no issues there either. Like, it's it's win-win. Um, any, anyone else? I mean, West Coast aren't any weaker by having Tim Kelly go there. Definitely not. No, either way, an absolute gun, that bloke. Far no, out. I, I do look at their team and... It's almost more stacked than our team in terms of kind of top end talent and and salary cap kind of tightness, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, um, huge, huge everywhere as well. And who have they lost? Um, they axed Maston or that you know that kind of halfback flanker. And the four dollars he took from their salary. <laughs> yeah, like I repeat, like who have they lost? They the, they, um... they bring these guns in and. The, they must be bulging at the bloody seams in terms of room to manoeuvre, unless people are taking less because they love the club and the drugs. No, I don't know. Yeah, Rioli, that's it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but do they have to pay him or is he stood down? How does that? Anyway. Uh, no. Details. But um, uh, what about the uh, exodus from Adelaide and huge. then the yeah. subsequent move from Matthew Nicks. Um, Matty Nicks. Oh, actually, well, there, there's a trade that we lost. We lost Matthew Nicks to... Yeah, he sounded good. Nicks. Oh, good on him. Uh, opportunity came up. Yep. But are they are Adelaide going to be... He's walking into just, a default team. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Are they the Gold Coast Suns of 2020? <laughs> well, they, they held on to the Crouch brothers. That was huge. If they'd lost them, they'd be hurting. And cleaned out some uh, blokes that didn't want to be there. Happy to take sauce. <laughs> or the cabs have. And they cleared a lot of their back office. Um, oh, is that right? And, oh, and, what, and what, what have you that, that needed to... That, that a lot of the criticisms regarding that kind of... The old fateful camp they had two years ago post the Richmond mm. flag loss. And, and the, I think it was... The you know what, what yeah criminal that? minds we're criminal no 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 it was something minds 
Creative yeah. Minds, I think, or whatever it was. Um, and so all those guys have basically got the axe since then. So I think they're just starting afresh. It's probably, I, I think they've still got a fair bit of talent. So Adelaide's, a, you know, they're always generally pretty strong. I did, I, although I did hear rumours of Tex Walker, you know. Collective Mind. Collective well, Minds, potentially, um, you know, them, them looking for a trade for Tex. But he's I, a Wales boy. He gave up the that. captaincy, right? So. Oh, he did too, didn't he? Yeah. It yeah, seems I, to be voluntarily, but you, you never know. It just, I just hope Adelaide haven't set a template for people who lose to Richmond in a grand final because they really haven't <laughs> dealt with it particularly well. Um, but, yeah, Matthew Nix, I mean, who... He, I mean, didn't he... He started at Balmain, didn't he? He started coaching in the NEFL. UNSW. Oh, no, it? not even. UNSW, yeah, UNSW, yeah. Was it, it even was lower than Was it NEFL. Sydney Premier League? Yeah. No, yep. he must have something about him because he's climbed up the zero fairly, fairly quickly. Who walks into senior assistant then? Lenny Hayes. Yeah, not sure. Yeah, Mark Faye. Don't, don't know. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, someone else will tell you, Bubs, and then you can come and tell us. Um, <laughs> Jamie Elliott's the just Lions would have been a big one, but um, that didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Although he's got to stay fit as well. Lions, Lions picked up a few. They picked up a few, didn't they? You got Blake from Adelaide. Cam Elsielman, he can play. He's solid. And um, St Kilda got the most trades, didn't they? That was Hill and... Yeah, they got Paddy Ryder. Yeah, Ryder. St Kilda Kilda, um, had a huge... uh, Well, they lost uh, what's-his-face to Geelong. Stevens, yep. Yeah, for not a lot. But they brought in... Oh, Bradley Hill. Yeah. And a couple of... From the mighty... Free metal yeah, but the second best yell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell you what, or just this is not trade related, but Collingwood are going to have a big year next year in terms of keeping all their players. If the players want to play for their actual money, there's a lot of people who are coming off contract. Geez, I hope they lose Grundy. That would be, uh, <laughs> be spectacular. Well, apparently, so has he not signed? So he was. I heard that he was looking at um, signing, but they all he wanted a longer term contract. He was after seven years or something, and they wouldn't Grundy. give him. Yeah, Grundy. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they would only I, give him yeah. three yeah. or four. Um, otherwise, he, yeah, he wants to stay, but they just won't give him a, a long term contract. He's a hypothetical. He saw the Cogs deal. Would Would yeah. you say we didn't get source and we were hurting in the ruck? <laughs> Would we take Grundy and lose either Whitfield or Jezza? Oh. Tough, no. tough call. No. Oof. No. Okay. In sauce we trust. In sauce yep. and sausage yeah. and onion. Because we don't actually need another midfielder, right? We've got lots of good midfielders. And Brundy, Brody Grundy's a really good ruckman, but he's also kind of a midfielder. Like, we need a good, solid tap ruckman. Yeah. Grundy, what was it, 70 hitouts in, in the, the finals game and we yep. won the clearances. So Yeah. Yep. And Source can tap and imagine him tapping to tapping to our I am imagining him tapping to our crew. I think it's gonna well, be I think great. he's gonna fit in really well, Source. I like him as a bloke. Agreed. Um but I mean is there any more bubs, have you got any more thoughts? Chaps? No, mate. I, I, I just I just think we, we've set ourselves up 
I still I still wouldn't surprise me right now that with our picks that we try and get a um, a pick a little bit earlier than six. Yeah, with Melbourne. Yeah, with Melbourne. So so I think the the, the deal there, if they do choose to take it, is is our six, our next year's first rounder for their pick. I think three or four, whatever they've got. In and and the the strategy behind that would be essentially getting in before somebody, you know, probably the Swans at pick five, yep. bid for bid for Tom Green, and then we can use our. If you look at our actual what we've got in the draft, we've got pick four, six. That's one of really only currency. Then we've got 40, 59, 60, 80, and 94, which all contribute pretty good points in when we need to um, bid for bid for a um, for Tom Green essentially. So, kind of, I, I do I do hope that we can. Either way, we know we're getting Tom Green. It's just whether we get him at four or we get him at six. Oh, so you're, can you just give me you're a quick... confident we can um, because if Sydney if Sydney um, go for him with four or five whatever they've got, we can still get him with yeah yeah we we, we have plenty of points yeah. so that so that that, that pick 40, 59, 60, 80, and ninety four like yep. the reason you backload some of those round threes is because it it gives you enough points accumulatively to, to to get a really good pick so like our our ideal scenario across you know across trade basically is we trade our first rounder for next year and number six to melbourne and, and hopefully melbourne are looking at a player that they don't anticipate is going to go between three and six yep. that's our best case because we would, we, would, we would pick up another player like we did in the um the year where we did exactly the same thing when we had setterfield as a top tenor and we traded we traded up to get timmy taranto at pick two and then we waited for Setterfield to be bidded on in pick five and six. We used our kind of back-ended points to basically pick up two top ten draft picks for, you know, for currency of only really one plus plus some forty pluses. So and, and so of, the deal is, Bubs, do, do yeah. all those like is it kind of you give up all those trade picks down the back and you get a certain amount of points, which means you can yeah push back. Is that how it works? So every pick is worth a certain amount of points in the draft. Yep. And if if somebody bids for your one of your players and you don't have enough points, like an academy it, player or someone who's tied yeah, to yeah, a club, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't have enough points okay. in your back ended draft, you literally have to forego, um, forego bidding it. So the idea is to have enough points to say if we do get bid at you know at one, two, three, or four or five prior to our pick six, then we have enough back ended points to actually get it done. So I think that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen more delistings. Is because potentially we we could be, you know, if if it gets if it gets bid for, um, well, if if we can trade up to pick um, three, then we'll pick up two top tenors, and we literally won't pick up any other players in the draft, or or, or maybe one other at pick eighty or ninety four, but we'd kind of lose the mid range. So so that's why I kind of think we haven't. You know, gone hard on the delistings is because because there's a scenario where probably our best scenario is we're actually only picking up probably two players in the draft and they're both top ten. Yep. Huh. Works for me. That is very very interesting and and clearly explained. I'm learning a lot for a Sunday night. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. Thanks, Bubs. That's champion. Um, and and in which case, unless we'll, we'll I suppose we'll wait with a bit of 
bated breath to see how that goes. But you can trade you can trade picks right up until basically uh, so not yeah you can trade picks right up until the draft starts effectively now. So even you know, during the draft, so we we, we traded up for Bobby Hill last yeah. year. And I right listened up. to Adrian uh, Caruso, is it, our, our trade guy? Yeah. He was saying he was expecting this year to be a lot more um, – because last year they had that live trade have introduced, but everyone was a bit nervous. He reckons it'll be a lot more active this year. Yeah, so, so the other scenario that we might actually do is do something what the Swannies did, last, I think, in last year. I think it was the Swans where, where you literally trade away our current pick six for a future pick – Say next year, and then and then you do that until kind of like it gets to pick five, and then you trade it back, <laughs> so that if somebody does bid on him prior to pick six, so you basically have a friendly party, which is another club, which means you can kind of trade something out, hoping you know in the case that somebody might bid on your player. So I don't know. There's there's a few different That's, yeah until. trust issues, but fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right, I prefer the way that you first described it because it makes yeah, more sense. Yeah, yeah. And right, with the points yeah. thing, which I didn't think I'd understand because I stopped Mass in year 11, but that still makes more sense than what you've just <laughs> glad handing across the water okay. thing and favours owed and okay. dark alleys. Sounds a bit more, bit more legit. Yeah, it does sound a bit more legit. Um, <laughs> Needles, before we wrap up, I just wanted to, um, in light of the upcoming trade period, um, or the draft. I wanted to, to right. touch on our, our our best and worst years and at the trade table, in my view. Oh, yes. Two minutes. So I, what I think, so our worst year, I reckon, was in 2014. We picked up in our pick four, pick six, pick seven, and pick 23. Fuck. Jared Pickett. Yes, who, Who's been, been... Done nothing at Carlton. Yep, Jared, uh, Caleb Marchbank, who's Done nothing showed a bit, but, you know, not for pick six. Yep. Paul Ahern, yep. pick seven. Done nothing at North. Bit of a stinker. Played all right, has played a couple of good games at the end of this year. He has. And then on pick 23, which is still a pretty pretty decent pick just outside of the first round, Patrick McKenna. Oh, yeah. well, I've, I've actually never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of any of those blokes. Jack Steele, yeah, and, and and just 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 between our Fuck. pick, so between our pick four, six, and seven, <laughs> guess who went five? Oh, stop! Uh, Patrick, <laughs> stop <it>. Patrick <laughs> Cripps. Patrick went five. Yeah. Yeah. and um, four and, and six. So we had four, six, and seven, and pick five was Dugowie, and oh, um, and just. And the last one is Toby McLean went pick twenty six, which was after our our pick twenty three. We so so anyway, that that, that was you, the, that was that was low light. You that really do need light. to cheer us up right now. So, but our best year was was fortunately fortunately one of our kind of real foundation years, and it was obviously a very strong strong draft. Um, you know, pick one Johnny Patton. What year was two, it? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. So we had thirty four players in. Yeah. Which is incredible. Like when you very incredible when you think hand. about it. So so and, and we had basically the top fifteen we basically had close to the top fifteen picks. But but a lot of these players are still you know, are actually very good players, either at our club or, or other clubs. But Kobe had also highlights probably were pretty lucky with a with a good year in the draft. But Johnny Patton went one, Canelio two, Dom Tyson three, 
Will Hoskin Elliott four, yeah. Matty Buntine five, oh, Nick Haynes Nick Haynes seven, Adam Tomlinson at nine, mm. Le- Liam Sumner ten. I'll just get to fourteen here. Toby Green eleven, oh. Taylor Adams thirteen, and Devin Smith Shit, fourteen. Yeah, that's a strong draft, isn't Shit. it? Mm. So that is an incredible. It's draft. a few football yeah. players compared to that. Like last in terms of longevity. Yeah, yeah, yeah so people that, are still was, around. That was 2011. Are you putting that um, this down to skill, bub? I, I think we just just take the top 15. and You got a lucky draft. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we certainly did get a lucky you know, draft. What else but... stands out in that 2011 is Tommy Sheridan at pick 16, who's ended up at the Giants. Yeah, and 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 the one I'll finally touch on is just last year. Um, so far, I think it looks pretty good. But I'm oh, sorry, two years ago with 2017. Sammy Taylor stands out at pick 28. Like, what a win that yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Brent Daniels, 27. Zach Langdon, 56. Like, that's a solid mid You kind of win premierships on your mid-range draft picking. And, yep. And all those Bottom three six. are very solid. So, yeah, I just wanted to wrap it up with with that, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, nice. That's tremendous. And, I mean, you, you think to Patrick McKenna, who the fuck is Patrick McKenna, is a link to a, a game that I've got for next week called the Giants Guessing Game. <laughs> So that'll be that'll be a little bit of fun. It won't be Patrick McKenna, um, but where is he now? Did you did you follow up? Is he a oh, no, I don't know. Right. Let's I'll get him on the pod. Review. Let's get him oh, on the pod. Shit. Where are they now? Um, to, to make you feel a bit better about those um, those those poor years, needles. Still pissy um, about a bit of a sidebar, but I, I heard recently a, a bit of a stat. Um, so Melbourne, I can't remember what year it was, um, picked Scully and Trelaw at one and two. Mm. Um, in that same draft, they could have got Dusty and Fife oh. at like 10 and oh. 18 or something. Jesus. Can't remember the numbers. Gross. <laughs> it's a tough, tough game. It is a bad, yeah, it's a bad game because everyone's got stories, but anyway, righto. Well, that's enough of our stories. Who else? There was someone else who... Oh, actually, was there? What are you talking, staff? Yeah, no, no, just in trade, like a trade movement that I thought was interesting, but now I can't remember, which is perfect <laughs> podse- uh, podcast content. 